0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I had this secret. There's a darkness inside of me. It followed me here and it's going to keep coming for us. You know, you're like the 10th guy to try this, right? It never works out for the dipshit in the mask.
2: There's never been one like me. No. <laughs> I'm something different.
0: That's why I'm going to shoot you in the fucking head. <laughs> Welcome to The Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. Be a part of the conversation as industry insiders, genre lovers, and cinephiles dare to peek beyond the curtains of imagination and dive into the art of cinema. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. Now here's your
1: host, Armand Haddad.
3: All right, so gentlemen, thank you so much for coming Onto the show. Thank you for coming back to the show. This is the first time that we're doing a podcast, all three of us. And before we get into the film, let's do some introductions. Cameron, first of all, thank you so much for coming back. We did Scream the Scream, Scream 2022 last year, and now you're (laughs) back because you wanted to do some more Scream. Thank you so much for coming back.
2: Thank you for having me. I can't believe it's already been over a year because I kind of feel like we just
3: did that. I know. They're like, you know yeah. what, let's let's do another movie. It's doing so well. And yeah, and then the other person on this round table, Pete, thank you so much for coming back.
1: Thanks, Armand. Happy to be here, as always.
3: So I approached you because I was like, I'm doing, well, first you approached me. You're like, oh, let's go see Scream. I was like, speaking of Scream, I had no idea, Peter, that you're such a big Scream fan because I even joked to you. I was like, you know, I've... <laughs> I thought I was the only heterosexual fan of Scream until (laughs) you said you really liked Scream. You said this is one of your favorite horror franchises, and I had no idea. I've been loving Scream since I saw the first one. So to get the ball rolling, Pete, I want to know, how did you come across Scream?
1: So I can't really recall when it was, but growing up, I was never really allowed to watch horror movies. Like My parents were always like, oh, you can watch whatever you want. Saving Private Ryan, Black Hawk Down. (laughs) You know, things are much more gory than your modern day slasher films. And then I've always been just like, okay, why can't I watch horror movies? So then I think I saw it at like a sleepover one time growing up. And it was the first one with Drew Barrymore in like the first two minutes where she gets slashed up. Yep. And I was like, okay, I, I can get down with this. This seems pretty different. And then just fell in love with it. Fell in love with the whole genre of horror after that. So Big fan of Scream, big fan of all the horror genres out there, but let's get into it. Let's jump into this one. It was a very good one.
3: Yes, let's jump into it. So Cameron, you're you're a huge Scream fan as well, and I think yes. we are all prepared to talk about this movie because this movie is the first movie, it's first of many, first movie outside of Woodsboro, takes place in Manhattan, and also the first Scream that's not with Nev Campbell.
2: Well, Scream 3 is in Hollywood, isn't it? Uh, it's just on a Westboro movie set.
3: Oh, my God. Oh, snap. <laughs> oh. You're right.
1: The whole interview Okay, in listen.
3: Outside of California. <laughs> out of California. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, did, well, first, like, what were our first impressions, like, walking out of this movie? Like, did it work outside of California? Did it work? In Manhattan, Scream Takes Manhattan, a la Jason Voorhees. Like, did it work outside of the West Coast? Cameron?
2: I think it totally worked outside the West Coast. And I don't, I'm not going to spoil anything because I know we're going to get to the spoiler section. But part of this movie is that I really think they did a good job making everything bigger. And I feel like the New York setting completely contributed to them being able to do that. So I thought it worked
1: better
3: than I imagined. Pete, what did you think?
1: I will piggyback right off of that. It was perfect. I think, yeah, it was bigger, it was better. So many different things going on at the same time. Loved it. Nothing bad to say about the whole setting
3: and everything else. Yeah, I thought, you know, I thought it was perfectly well done because, like, I was a little bit cautious when they announced, like, oh, like, scream, except it's in uh, the big city, Manhattan. I was like, oh, wait, hold up. I've seen this done before, Friday the 13th, super cheesy. Jason Voorhees is walking down the street, kicks over a boombox. So like, I was like, okay, how are they going to do this? How are they going to handle this? And I thought they handled it very well. And honestly, it felt like it was the right step if we're going to take this movie series into a franchise, as even the characters in the film allude to. I totally think it's on the franchise Um path now i think it is a franchise it's it's growing beyond what the original movies uh have made and i absolutely love it so i mean let's really get into it so i want to summarize the movie before we really dive into it because honestly we can't talk about this movie unless we get into the spoilerific stuff so who would like to volunteer as tribute to summarize briefly the entire plot of scream six Ghostface ahead, takes Kimberly. Manhattan. Saw you.
2: All right. I will do it. I did it last time in just under 60 seconds. So we'll see if I can do it again. Sweet. All right. So Scream 6 is the sequel to the requel. Was that what they called the last yes. one? The requel? Yes. Yeah. It's the sequel to the requel. And just like the sequel to the original Scream, the <laughs> sequel to the requel comes out one year later, follows the main final girl, uh, girls. There's two of them to college, and once again, they find themselves in the midst of a bunch of killings, and once again, the perpetrators of the killings um, have their motives based in the past, and just like every other Scream movie, everything ties back into every other movie, and it's a continuation of a greater saga that is rooted in family drama which
3: I love perfect perfectly, <laughs> perfectly well said. said seriously. Oh my God. So yeah, let's amazing. really,
1: if I did that, if I tried to do what Cameron just did, I would have just word vomited hard for a good 80 seconds. And
3: <laughs> you see the movie takes place in Manhattan. There's a guy, he has a yes. knife. He's, he's killing People Jenna alive. Ortega. And uh, yeah, so it. hilarity ensues. So anyways, <laughs> but seriously, <Hilarity. laughs> so yeah, I mean, this is, so we have scream, 2022 as the requel, the soft reboot of the original Scream. So we have the legacy characters, got some new characters. And Cameron, last time we talked, we theorized like, could this series live on? And eventually it did because the main thing that we highlighted was we have a lovable cast. We like these characters. We like these actors. And we see them flourish in this movie. Um, like they are, we, we know these characters and we see them just living their life outside of California, in college, in Manhattan. And I think it works so well because, like, we care about these characters. And I think that's the main hallmark of this movie. Now, like I said before, this is the first film without Nev Campbell. And honestly, her absence didn't bother me. I thought it would bother me because I was like, you know, it's like, it's tied, like, Scream and Nev Campbell are, like, two peas in a pod, but like this movie proved we can move beyond these legacy characters. And yeah.
1: So I feel uh, like this one was like a passing of the torch from Nev Campbell to Jenna Ortega in a way where she was allowed to really blossom in her own right in this franchise and really take it to that next level. Absolutely.
2: I agree. I agree. Well, I said in the last podcast that I felt like they, they, in the last scene of the last Scream movie, Scream 2022, they were so smart to plant that seed in that final scene at the ambulance where Sydney and Gail go up to Sam and Tara and they kind of pass the torch and being like, you know, this is like happening to you now. And this movie kind of just like, solidified that and so i think it was so good that they did that in the last one so it opened the door to us following instead of the original trio which now dewey is dead but it's from us following them to the new core four which like you said (laughs) they're so lovable and they're so great that they passed the torch successfully like i'm invested
3: totally and what's interesting uh with these characters is we have sam carpenter once again And the big reveal of the last movie was that she's the daughter of Billy Loomis. And with this, I love how we explore her character a little bit more because like, there's kind of like this. So like the whole theme of this movie is like family and like, what does it mean to have a family? And like with her, it's like her lineage. She has a dark lineage. And like this film explores it right in the beginning of the movie where she's seen a therapist, a psychiatrist over the events of what happened last year. Uh, And it's like, you know, she has this hereditary uh, of like a serial killer, but she's not a serial killer and she doesn't want to be a serial killer, but it's like this movie hints, it's like in her blood almost, you know? It's like, oh, she doesn't want to, you know, give into it, but like, you know, her, her father is always haunting her. Skeet Ulrich.
2: Yeah. I, I am very curious what they're going to do with that because it seems that they introduced that whole storyline very lightly in the last right. one, not very lightly. I mean, it was pretty blatant because it was like a surprise cameo by Ski Ulrich, but then they kind of carried it on into this. And I'm just kind of like, is the point of that just to illustrate that she's not afraid to strike back when people come after her or is it leading up to something that we're going to see in the future? Cause these writers are pretty good at planting seeds.
3: Yeah, like their writing is very good. Like I, as I was watching it in the movie theater with Pete next to me, I was like, "Oh my god, I miss Scream so much!" Every time I see a Scream movie, it's like not only because like like years years ago, I'd be I would say like you know Scream is one of my favorite slasher films. They're like, Ugh, uh that movie's not even scary." I'm like, first of all, it's not meant to be not scary. supposed to be. Yeah. It's a yeah. it's a commentary on the whole slasher genre, and as we're all fans of the horror genre, slashers specifically, this movie is like taking pot shots at the whole format, at the whole you know genre itself. And me, I absolutely love it because I get all the jokes, I get all the tropes, I get I, I understand their humor, and I absolutely love it. And like with uh, Mindy's character, who is a stand-in for essentially Randy uh, of the original trilogy. It's like she perfectly embodies that like film nerd that knows everything about movies, and it's just like every time she talks and like breaks the fourth wall and talks about the film itself that we're watching. It's like I'm just having a great time right now, and that's what but, scream is yeah, all about.
1: Yeah, but like, but is that breaking the fourth wall though when she's talking about the actual movie itself, or what is that called something else? Meta. St-
2: it's meta because she's talking about staff. I meta, feel like. <laughs> That's which true. is based on the murder. Right. I also have a question because Armand, I feel like last time we talked about our favorite, like, because my favorite is Scream 2. And I feel like you said yours was the original Scream.
3: That's
1: right.
2: Yes. So, Pete, what's your favorite Scream
1: movie? It's really hard for me to really pick one because I do love all of them. Um, I don't know, like they all have their own little nuggets for me. Like, I love the intros to all of them. I feel like the intro definitely sets up each of them in their own little right. And I don't know. I keep going back to Scream 2 where they get killed in the movie theater. And I don't know. That's just something that's stuck with me throughout the entire franchise so far. absolutely love that scene because everyone in the theater is wearing the ghost face mask. They're all wearing the whole like get up that he wears and then they think the person that is murdered who dies in front of the actual movie is part of this event that's going on. But no. Like straight up dead. So that's something that I, I loved. So I don't know. Like, it's really hard to go back to one of them. I loved Scream 2022. This one, Scream 6, I think might be my favorite one so far. Uh, there were a few things that I think were corny, like the old school jokes that you have in all of these movies. Like at the very end, he has a killer. He's like, oh, Tara, I've always wanted to stick something in you. And he's like referencing <laughs> the knife. He's like referencing <laughs> the knife, but it's clearly a dick yeah. joke. And I don't know. It's just like that corny 90s humor. That's just like subtly placed in there, and it just—I don't know—I love it. I love all of it. <laughs> the whole franchise, just say the whole franchise is perfect.
2: That's a good answer. That's a good answer.
3: It's also a cop out answer. You know what? <laughs> I just kind of like hard. all of them.
1: Like, I like them all. Uh-huh.
3: I could say I don't like the fourth one. Oh my god! Don't don't attack me.
1: Is it because of Hayden? Mm. No,
3: the, I absolutely love Hayden Panettiere, and okay, I'm so ahead. I'm so glad.
1: Because both Hayden and I share the same birthday. So I have to share that love with her.
3: (laughs) That's true. I
2: love her so much. And Scream 4, I will say I get that because I ranked all of mine and I put Scream 4 at the very bottom. But I will say Emma Roberts, I love in that as the killer at the end. Like she's the most psychotic killer out of all
3: of them. She is. I think like the main knock on the fourth one for me is like you have the original trilogy, Scream 1, 2, and 3. And then we have Scream 4 that came out Ooh. way after these movies. So it's, it's a like reboot.
1: It's got to start somewhere.
3: It was a fail re- reboot, and then they actually rebooted it in 2022, and it worked. If you're gonna yeah. revisit a franchise, you have to let it you know sit a while. And then you come <laughs> back to it.
1: It was okay. I mean they force honestly, awakened I, it. I oh my gosh, Force Awakened Jeez i'm not gonna jump into that but i did enjoy the fourth one like i was so hyped to see the fourth one because yeah i love the first three and i would always binge them on repeat during like halloween if i'm not binging the saw franchise so like i'm always watching those three movies and then the fourth one came out in what 2011 11 11 i was gonna say 12 but yeah 11 and i saw the poster for it for the first time in the theater like right before it came out and i'm like no shit this is going to be tight. I can't wait. And I enjoyed it. I don't know. I always go into horror movies just trying to be as entertained as possible and Scream always delivers.
3: That's a good mindset to have. I'm just grumpy. I'm like, God damn it, leave my stuff alone. (laughs) Why? Yeah. Speaking of psychotic killers,
1: can we just like talk about how every single installment of Scream, the killer is always a psychotic white person? Always. (laughs) Always, you know, you know, <laughs> always like, some off the rails white person. You know, okay. Nothing wait, else better to do, and they're like, I gotta, I gotta do this because I'm fucking
3: bored. Here's but, the thing. What? Here's the thing, Pete. I mean, you're a fan of true crime. How many black serial killers are there? How many female sure. serial killers are there?
1: Oh, there's plenty of crazy women out there.
3: Okay, that was a bad example. But most of yeah. the serial killers <laughs> are white dudes. And we'll get into who's the killer of this movie too. But like before we do, I have to say um, because we're talking about you're talking about uh, stab, uh, scream two where they're killing people in the movie theater. Speaking of movie theater, I want to talk about our movie going experience because we saw this yesterday, and Mm -hmm. so Cameron, you saw this in four D. There was a seat shaking,
1: water, blood splattering in your face. Like you you get like the smell of like New York, like alleyways (laughs) in the movie theater and stuff like that. Type things in for you. uh,
2: There is a lot going on. I will say, I did not know. I've only seen one movie, like full movie in 4DX before, which was The Top Gun from last year, which was amazing in 4DX. I mean, I'm so glad I did that.
1: I teared up Um, in the movie. Not gonna
2: lie. I full-on sobbed, but I have daddy issues. So I <laughs> I walked into this not knowing, like, well, there's not going to be any airplanes. There's not going to be, like, they're not, we're not going to be on a boat. So I was curious because the seats move. They can do water. They can do strobe lights on the peripheral. They can do wind. They can do smells. I mean, they can do a lot of stuff. Oh they God, really this. made it work. Every time there's gunshots, lights go off on the side, and it feels very encompassing.
3: That's amazing. And
2: there was one part where I think they tried to do a smell, and I don't even remember what part it was, but I was—it didn't work. It smelled like a hospital. It was weird. It was gross. That was one one (laughs) fail. And then
1: maybe um, someone in the audience just came from the hospital, and you smelled (laughs) them.
2: I was probably just sitting next to someone who left the hospital to come watch Scream
1: Six. Damn, bro, you smell like latex. Uh,
2: Yeah, it, it was interesting. And the seats moving was the best part. So what they would do is. When something creepy is about to happen, your seat would start slowly shifting like this, oh. and then with the jump scares perfectly synced, the seat would jolt
0: and no it added way. to
2: it big time. And then think about I don't want to spoil anything, but think about someone doing a balancing act, Damn. um, That's maybe wild. on a ladder. The seats were doing this. No this way, like
1: world this sounds like it was world experience in a movie theater.
2: Yeah, I was like, thank God I'm not high right now because I would be <laughs> unwell. It was amazing and terrifying and awesome, and I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad we saw it that way.
3: <laughs> That's amazing. Wow, that sounds
1: super cool. Can you imagine having that 4D experience with the original Willy Wonka movie?
3: Oh, my God. <laughs> it would be a lot. It would be it a would lot. It would be a lot. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. But that sounds,
1: be
3: that sounds so much better than the experience Pete and I had because – Pete, by the way, I'm going to preface this by saying I recommended a movie theater that offered 4DX, and you were like, "No, let's go to this other movie theater." And I was like, "Okay, that's fine."
1: Hold on, hold on. I'm not okay, but that area. I, I don't really want to go to that area at night. It's you know, what? Like it's an TV AMC leather. theater.
3: By the way, yeah, it, no, man, I knew, I long. knew it. I knew. I was like. <laughs> The area is called Melrose Park. It's not that bad. It's just it's West Side. What's up? So, um, I, I could do a whole
1: podcast episode about how Melrose is trash. It
3: is. Listen, <laughs> I knew. I, I was like, he's like, why don't we go here? I am like, oh, he's is he afraid of Melrose Park. I think he's. But anyways, so we went to this movie theater and we saw it in three D. Which was pretty cool it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't bad yep,
1: I, I will say it was the best three d experience I've ever had,
3: but it wasn't a good experience because <laughs> like three d was great, like we had recliner seats, we had dine-in experience it was amazing, well, but
1: themselves had heat warmers
3: yes or, well, i've never warmers. been I've never been in a movie theater where I had a seat warmer, it was amazing yeah, heated seats but nice. the point why I'm bringing this up is we saw the movie and it was dark. I when the movie ended, mm. I turned to you, Pete. I was like, "Was the movie dark to you?" You're like, yeah. "Like tone?" Or I was like, "Visually dark." They're like, "Yeah, man, the color grading they did on this movie was." I was like, "It wasn't the color grading because you look at the trailers; it looks normal." This movie theater right. had the brightness. All the colors the are projector fine. Projector was like super low. They dimmed mm. it down. It's like they turned down the brightness. There were outdoor scenes. I was like, <laughs> "Oh wait a minute." This isn't night. This is supposed to be daytime. I- <laughs> yeah, so we have to go see it again. We have to see it again, but like okay, we yeah. can In
1: 40, eyes. In forty. We can go X. to Melrose. Oh. We can get the smells. We'll probably smell like Melrose. But- <laughs> <laughs> is, That's
3: that. why I wanted to bring it up because, like, oh my god, like it was way too dark. It, it sucked, but. It- yeah, it, it, it so, was that's what time.
2: happens with 3D movies though they seem darker because you're you're wearing like those sunglasses, basically those sunglasses.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that's why I said during Avatar, like because Armand's like I've never seen Avatar in 3D. I regret not seeing the first one in 3D. I'm like, bro, let's not see it in 3D. <laughs> we saw it in 3D. We saw three hours worth of Avatar in 3D, and I kept moving time. the glasses around because they didn't fit over my glasses. Oh, oh they also I hate filtered. That. They're also filtered, and so it's like. You're wearing sunglasses in a theater.
3: By the That's way, Pete stole these three D glasses because he was like, Wow, these actually fit. I'm keeping these. Dude, these fit over oh <laughs> glasses, so I kept them.
2: They finally are getting onto that because I noticed last night mine fit way more than ever before over my glasses.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm actually lobbying for a full uh, visor that goes over like your forehead down to your like top, like bridge of your nose to cover yes. everything. That'd be perfect. Yes.
3: That's how you do it. All right, guys. So let's talk. Let's move away from the theater experience. Let's get back into Scream. So with this movie, let's talk about the the intro scene because, like we were saying, like every Scream movie has a iconic first scene, and with this uh, first kill scene, oh my god, it was amazing. First of all, it stars Samara Weaving from Ready or Not, The Babysitter. She's a, fanat- she's a fantastic actress, and I thought... I was really
1: hoping that she was going to live on in this movie. No, the, the first...
3: the first They always have, like, a big name in the intros, uh, Drew Barrymore in the first movie. like They have, like, a big name in the beginning, and, and then... That was, like,
1: before Drew was Drew, though.
3: Like, no, Drew was Drew. Was she? Yeah, she's living off of E.T. 96. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. 96? Okay. Okay. Like, Wait, are
2: care. we talking spoilers now? We're talking are spoilers. Are we not allowed to talk Can spoilers now?
3: Dive into it. We're here.
2: Okay, well, last time you gave like a formal introduction to the spoiler zone, so I just want to make sure.
3: No, we're in it now. We're in it. Okay. We're in the streets.
2: We're going there. We're
1: in the streets.
3: (gasps) We're in the streets of New York We're in the streets. We're in the alleys. And I've been to Manhattan, and like it took me out for a hot second because like the ghost face killer over the phone talking to uh, Samara's character was like, go into the alley. And I was like, hold up. I've been to New York. There are no alleys. There are no alleys. No. And that like nice big alley dumpsters. I was like, no, I've been to New York. They put their trash in the streets, like civilized people. They throw their garbage in the streets. But anyway, that,
1: that was more, that was more of like a breezeway. It wasn't really an alley. It was just like a breezeway that you get every 25 blocks in Manhattan.
3: <laughs> yes. Yes. But go on Cameron. What were you going to say?
1: Okay. I
2: knew since we're allowed to talk spoilers, I was like, there's no way this is just, well, first of all, I will say, this is one of the first ways that it mimics Scream 2 to me, because I think Scream 2 is the only one where the opening sequence was, it's a date, they're on a date. And it's like the woman gets murdered on a date and um, where she thinks she's going to meet the guy, but it's not the guy. and." I was just like, there's no way this professor is dumb enough to walk into a dark alley and then that's going to be the opening sequence. But it was so worth it in that moment where he pulled off the mask.
1: Oh, yeah, that was great, because for the first time you get the whole lip side of the scream murder intro where it's not just the victim getting killed. You get the like post murder effect of the actual killer and you like hear him breathe for once and he's like taking it all in. And then, oh, it's like, oh, shit, he's reaching for his mask, takes it off. Oh, damn, now we see who this guy is. And we're setting it up like, oh, is this, are we following the killer, like, in this installment? That's what I was thinking. I was like, how is this going to get flipped? And then everything, you know, just gets turned over again. But I thought that was super cool.
3: Because, like, the thing with these Scream movies, it's always, like, the mystery of who the killer is. It's, like, it's almost a whodunit, uh, but in the slasher sense. And, like, him taking off the mask right in the beginning really subverted expectations it's like oh we know immediately who who's the killer and then very quickly we we realize it's multiple killers again just like with (laughs) with all the other screens It's it's multiple killers and it sets it up so finely and like thing is it's like what i love about this one is like it's we're finally moving away from like the Campbell family and the no more family drama in regards to the Campbell's just like with the other one too. Um, but like, it's, it's like film nerds that are like copycatting the ghost face killer almost. Right. Is that, is that what you got too? Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. In the first intro, totally. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Well, and I also was just
2: like, I, cause I had the same thought that you did Pete. I was like, Is this going to be like, is there a new twist on this that we're going to follow the killer through and he's just going to gaslight everyone into accusing each other and killing each other and stuff like that? But then I was like, I would be so mad if they did that because the killer is also, well, part of the fun is finding out who the killer is, but it's also always someone you know. So I was like, who the hell is this person? Yeah. yeah, Why would would I be invested in this? Yeah, (laughs) I was just like, I do not like this. But then when it became apparent what his fate was, then I was like, okay. I'm into it. I'm into that.
3: Yep.
1: And then fast forward some more fast forward some more later that night. I think this is the first scream where we see Ghostface wield a gun.
3: It is. Right? Wait, actually Scream 3, the director didn't well, he have a actually, gun at some point?
1: But like actually hunting with a gun.
3: Well, that's for because sure. He like kills, hmm.
1: he kills the store clerk, takes his shotgun and then Starts hunting with an actual shotgun. i like, you yeah. never see that before.
3: No, because like, yeah, like, like I said, this is a movie of many firsts. Like, no Nev Campbell. It's outside of California. Yeah. And when I saw the trailer, him wielding that shotgun, I was like, "Whoa, this is." Am you I like, cool Damn. with this? Right, right.
2: Yeah, I mean, I will say, obviously, part of this and part of the rules that Mindy gave is like, this is the sequel to the Requel. Everything is bigger, and in a way, I feel like. This is one of those things that I was talking about earlier that I feel like going to New York provided the opportunity for this ghost face to be very almost like in a way that the others were more more like sly and sneaky. Mm -hmm. This was just a very oh like a present killer in the city, like did not care if he was going into a gas station, didn't care if he was on a crowded subway and was just bigger in a way. And like the gun thing, to me, that was just like, this is part of what moving this to New York made it more capable totally. of doing. I don't right. know. It was almost Spot terroristic on. in Spot the way on. that it was yeah. just like hit
1: people. Yeah. 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 Had no care like if they were seen during this. Like that subway scene, to me, was one of the best scenes in the entire film because you see like Mindy like freaking out. She's like, oh shit. There's a- well, it's- also, it's let's back up it's halloween so it's halloween night or halloween weekend so everyone's dressed up there's ghost face masks that are selling out all over the nation because of what's going on and well by what's going on is um sam being accused of these ghost face murders from scream five so of course there's all these like ghost face costumes selling out everywhere a whole bunch of people are dressed up as ghost face subway is packed with ghost face people but then mindy gets split up from the pack obviously that was going to (laughs) happen so then she's stalked by ghostface and i thought that was so cool because the subway lights kept going on and off on and off and you're just expecting okay what's going to happen and you kind of got like her own point of view in that and you're like you yourself as the audience is trying to guess where ghostface is going to pop up next and Mm -hmm. it was amazing i love that part
2: well, I'm not surprised you love that part because you love the opening of Scream 2 where everyone's wearing a ghost face <laughs> yeah. and you don't know who it is. Yep. It is so scary. It is scary. And the lighting yeah. was so cool during that.
1: Yeah. It really That'd was. was really cool in the 4D probably. That'd be pretty sweet.
2: That was. It was. Well, and on the subway, like the seat wasn't like violently jolting, but you could feel it. And it was very nerve wracking. It really added to like the tension
1: Yeah, meanwhile, Armand and I are like, all right, let's put our seat heater down one level. It's too hot. (laughs) (laughs) In your bougie theater with the seat warmer.
3: It was a bougie theater.
1: Let me say, two two seats down from Armand and I, there was a little five-year-old
3: watching this movie. That is true. That is true.
1: And I'm thinking, who in their right mind is bringing them to Scream 6. Well, you At just answered it.
3: one first.
2: Like, come on. <laughs> I know. I'm like, they definitely are not old enough to appreciate the first five. Wait till they're seven.
3: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Sure. <laughs> but Pete, you answered it. They're not in their right mind. If they're taking their five-year-old to see Scream, they couldn't see it. Because they... it
1: was gory. This was they're a like, very gory yes, one. Yes, it was. They're probably P- like, hey, Michael, this is why we don't go to New York. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah that's a good that's a good parenting um, trick. yeah Yeah, yeah. oh my god oh my god but yeah i mean cameron going to what you going back to what you said about like the you know if we're going to do a sequel to the requel we have to do it bigger better higher production higher kill count beheadings and so (laughs) setting it in new york and then having ghostface wield a shotgun at some point like that was i mean it makes sense and also i want to point out In the other films, Ghostface always had a pristine white mask. And in this film, we had a grungy, kind of tattered, dirty mask. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that was cool because that definitely fit the whole New York grime grunge setting. Yep. But it's also cool because it's supposed to be the first mask from the first movie. And that was, what, 20 something years ago or so. So that plastic or rubber is definitely, you know, eroded, gone away. And it's all weathered and it looks really cool. That's actually my favorite mask out of all the screen movies. That one, I
2: agree,
3: it was sick. It is sick.
2: I thought that was really, really smart of them because I think they, the writers of this, have really just accepted that audiences who are going to go see these movies, it's going to be like, Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people who are just new to the screen franchise that just want to go watch a slasher movie, yep. but so many of us are so just in love with the original movies that they've really unlocked this smart secret that you can be nostalgic without only bringing back the past people and only bringing back the past drama. But the actual physical items like i'm sorry that museum in the theater that is a museum i would pay money to go see that was the coolest like for a scream fan and they know what they're doing they're like
1: you want i know what will make scream fans very happy yes actually right on that i would visit three museums based off of movies scream saw and top gun that's it if those museums existed i would be there in a heartbeat.
3: Well, yeah. I think the Top and we got Gun to Museum see what it exists.
1: Look like.
3: <laughs> totally, it was cool. So with yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you mentioned the shrine because like that was in the trailer too, where it was like, oh, like it shows all the costumes and but like getting there in the movie where it shows almost like all the props essentially yeah. <laughs> from all yeah. the screen movies. I was like watching, I'm like, oh my god! I almost stood up and pointed at the screen and <laughs> said, I know what that I know. is. <laughs> Yep,
2: yep. I almost did too up to like that. Okay. So, you know, my favorite one is scream too. And at the end where the boyfriend, Derek, Jerry O'Connell comes down on that huge wooden star from the play that Sydney's in, that star was in there. And I was like, Oh my gosh, they have the, the smallest little details. And that, those are like rewards. They know how to reward fans, these yes.
3: new writers,
1: which is yeah. very nice.
3: Cause it's in the they background. Have, they, they, they don't like
1: the uniform for the guy that was a cameraman in was that oh yeah or i forget wh- wh- uh, which one it is but he gets killed in the band right yep like they had yep. his actual uniform i'm like that's what that is but, yeah i mean i feel like everyone could pick out something from the first five in there oh yeah yeah
3: i don't know if you guys noticed but like billy loomis's bloody t-shirt was there did you see yeah, that
1: i
2: saw that front center. Other- <laughs> Because I was like, oh, they have something for every movie because they had obviously the knife that stabbed Kirby from Scream 4. And then from Scream 3, I noticed the big happy birthday Roman banner because the finale from Scream 3 is at Roman's birthday party. So right. they had something for from every movie, which I thought was amazing. Like a, and so, Like you said, they didn't point it out. It was in the background. So yeah. it's like normal people who are new to this franchise would not even pick up on that. But for us, it was like...
3: Here's for you. It's a little treat. And like, I don't know if you noticed this, but you probably did. But in the beginning of the film, it already set up like little Easter eggs in the background because like that original killer that killed, we didn't say, you know, uh, Samara Weaving's character was a film professor talking about Giallo films, talking about slasher films. And one of her students (laughs) killed her. And that guy had a picture of Drew Barrymore on his fridge. Get out. Really? Yes. Her character from scream one, a a polaroid of her is on his uh fridge because like he's obsessed with the ghost face killer so it makes sense that he would have uh, the first victim on his fridge the camera it's it's in the background on the side but it's definitely her
1: so then that makes me think though like and now i'm just going you know way off the rails conspiracy theory so with scream having its own like Yeah, break the fourth wall, having the Stab movies within the actual scripts of the movies. When does the first Scream movie evolve into, oh, that was just one of the Stab movies. So our own Scream movie with Drew Barrymore and everything else, when does that evolve into one of the movies in the universe of Stab in Scream? So maybe it was Drew Barrymore that we know, but maybe it was a Drew Barrymore from Stab that he knows.
2: Oh, like from the movie that they're watching at the beginning the Scream 2
1: yeah
2: with what's her name her name is um something Graham Heather Graham Heather,
3: Heather Graham, Graham Heather plays Graham?
2: the. I think it was Heather Graham who played the stab version of Drew Barrymore's character Casey Becker
1: I think you're right yeah you're right it was
3: that's something
2: so yeah cause it's it's all and sometimes it gets so meta that I'm like I'm tripping myself out right now like it's a it's a it's a, one of those things it's like it's a dream within a dream within a dream
1: <laughs> exactly exactly yes. it's like screamception
3: scream I love it yeah I mean like I said in the beginning this is why I love these movies because they are so meta because they play with the genre itself and that's why we have Mindy's character who's that Randy character in the first few movies and there's many points. Like I said this earlier because like I love these character these new characters so much, John Ortega, Melissa, Barrera, uh Mindy's character. Like I love these characters so much, and I don't want them to die off because like in the original screen movies, you had Randy's character that died in the second film. Am I correct? And mm-hmm. I love in the third film, he's like on like a video cassette, he's like, Ah, oh, you know, I'm talking from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a scene where, you know, Mindy uh, gets stabbed in the the subway. And I was like, oh my God. Oh no, I liked your character. Is she going to come back in the, the next movie on like a Blu-ray disc? Like, you know, in case I'm dead, I'm probably dead right now. But you know, <laughs> this is part of the film franchise. You know, once they, I was like, no, are, are we going to do this again? I don't want to yeah. do this again.
1: Yeah. And like the first character is from the first trilogy. I feel like each character is like the, you know, epitome of what that is it's like they're the film nerd they're the slut they're the jock they're the whatever 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 so it's like it's easy to yeah it was easy to like kill off that person or like that person and but also people were able to relate to them like oh i'm the nerd or i'm the jock
3: oh damn i'm the slut slut. i'm gonna die (laughs) it
1: it was easy for like audience members to associate with those older characters whereas with the newer movies like Five and six i feel like oh now we see them as actual characters not like a branch of ourselves yes and that was definitely pretty cool um yeah let's continue yeah but i
2: would say like so to build on that it is interesting you say that because i do think starting in the very first movie they just like you said they do such a good job with using like character archetypes kind of just like you know sydney we all we know that sydney's always going to be the final girl we know that gail is like the She always comes through at the very last minute. That's something she does. Dewey is kind of like a doofy, cute guy. And like the film nerd is always there. And um, something that I loved about this is I kind of feel like, you know how like there's Sam and Tara and they're kind of taking the archetype of the final girl of Sydney's role, but now it's kind of bigger and it's split into two people. Mm -hmm. And I almost feel like with Kirby, they're giving her that archetypal role that Gail had Um, In the first screen movies where she comes through at the end, Mm -hmm. just when you think she's down. And they even gave her the same haircut as Gail in the second movie. They have her in a leather jacket like Gail in the second movie. And I'm like, if she's like the new Gail, I will be very into that because I love that archetype.
0: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.
1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So what you're saying is in Scream 7, Gail's going to die, pass the torch to Hayden, and then boom. We're good to the five more movies.
2: Yep, and Hayden's going to have a horrible haircut with short bangs. (laughs) (laughs) If it copies Scream 3, yeah
3: biggest disaster so, since was those it banks me?
1: so was it just me or did you also feel like kirby was intentionally doing like a lower voice in this
3: movie i think that's just how she uh, sounds man
1: is that how she sounds is that how hayden Panettiere sounds like
3: you don't know what she sounds like
1: hey man i've been just looking at long, her i, I know seen man her a long time
2: so it's been a while she, since heroes okay so was you know, heroes, heroes was a long time ago, and then Scream 4 was in 2011. And then from like 2012 to 2018, she was on that show Nashville, and I watched That's it. Right, right. And then from then on, she had like a lot of stuff that she was dealing with, and I think she kind of still is, just like with substance abuse and yeah. alcoholism, and like her daughter is in um, her ex's custody right now, and like she's she gone through the a custody. lot.
1: Okay, this has gone down a dark hole. Um, yeah, I think she's.
2: I think she's changed a little bit. She's and coming back, her. and that's I'm why. So glad she's back.
3: Yeah, like that's why it's such a big deal yeah. that she's back in a but big movie be, like Scream.
2: Yeah, she might be a little different though. She might have you know changed a little bit,
3: right? Because, like, yeah, I it, it makes sense if like you have such hardcore substance abuse problems to the point where. You give up custody of your daughter to your ex. It's like, I had oh,
1: no idea this was even going on. I don't follow I That's why she came mean. out
3: of the line, or she fell out of the line, like, because she had problems.
1: Damn. Yeah. But she's, yeah, you know, she's, she's coming back, man. She's been through a lot.
3: She's a strong woman. Yeah. God damn it. Strong woman. There you go. I but
1: mean, hey, when your birthday's August 21st, she's a strong human. There you
3: go. <laughs> <laughs> a Leo oh, is a strong
2: human. I feel that. Yeah,
3: Leo. I, I don't even know mm-hmm. what that means.
1: It's okay. Don't uh, worry about
3: it. But anyways, yeah. Kirby's character. I'm glad that she came back. And you know, a lot of moments in this film, it, it was like, if you know, like, I mean, we're big fans of the scream franchise. We've seen all these movies multiple times and there was many sequences all involving, especially at the end where you're like, where you're describing like Kirby comes back and she's like, Oh, I know who the killer is. I'm like, I've seen this before. This was in another scream. There's many of those moments like sprinkled in. Like if you don't know, you don't know. But like, it's like, I've seen this sequence of events occur before, almost the same script, almost same lines. And I'm like, is this on purpose? Is this creative? Are we just recycling material now? But it's not recycling because they changed the, the setting and like the, 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 the context of what's happening in the scene. It's not like a straight up, like okay let's do the same thing it's like it's playing with the format but it's like it's still telegraphing this is a scream movie and this is what scream does in a sense unless i'm wrong
1: no no totally and i think you're definitely spot on with like how scream stays true to scream you know you you can take scream out of california but you
3: oh i don't (laughs) know
1: Anyways you, anyways, you could take so, the ghost face cool. out of
3: Scream, but not the. Uh, anyways.
1: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, anyways. It's just
3: marked it up on the brain part. But, um,
1: anyways, Scream stays true to itself in its own right. And that's what's cool. But, like, start to finish, it's never going to change. Like, you could try and make it as modern or as with the times as you want, but it's always going to have that 90s nostalgia formula to it where mm-hmm. it just hits on all cylinders perfectly. And that's what this movie was. And you're definitely spot on with that.
2: Yeah. I mean, that that kind of little trope that they do where it's two people being like, it's not me, it's him. It's not me. No, it's him. And the main character is supposed to, like, figure out who's telling the truth and who's not. But you as the audience member are also supposed to be doing it has been in, like, I think most of these at this point. And so it is kind of part of, like, the formula or what you might expect in that final scene. But I will say – Every single time, I don't know who's lying. And I do feel the sense of panic every single time. Or I'm like, like last night, I was like, I don't know. I want to believe it's not Kirby, but maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it's the cop. I don't know. And so, like, just in the in the first one was Stu and Randy when they pointed fingers at each other. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Or, like, in the second one, doesn't Mickey, for a moment, accuse Gail of being in on it? And it's like he wasn't. Oh, no. He accuses Derek. Sydney's oh, right. boyfriend, who actually was innocent, but, like, tries to gaslight Sydney into thinking it was him. And those kind of mind games are always going to be there, but they work to me, at least, every time.
1: Oh, for sure. And, like, I hate when that part of the movie always pops up because that's when everyone starts to, like, trigger, like try and figure out what's going on, who's the killer. And then I'm thinking my own anxiety is I only have 15 minutes on this movie left. I wish there was another <sighs> half hour. I wish there was another one hour to this. Because as soon as that happens, yeah. I'm like, oh fuck, now I gotta end the movie now. And then I'm sad. That's why right. we always want more.
3: Exactly. And that's why we're gonna get more.
1: <laughs> yes.
3: Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, hopefully it's happening. Hopefully
1: Scream takes the whole Saw route and they make like a dozen movies, because right now they're only on six. And yeah. Saw Saw Ten comes out this October. So got, <laughs> got a lot of runway left. Let's go, baby. It,
2: I think they have it in them. These writers are very creative and smart. I'm very impressed with what they've done
3: so far. Right. Like, they're very impressive because, like, it's clear. I don't know them personally, but it's clear that they're actual fans of Scream and they're actual fans of the genre. And they're not, like, people that were hired. Okay, make a Scream movie. Okay, let me see. All right. This is what Scream is. And it's very, like, surface level. They, Mm -hmm. like, okay this is like the history, the lore of like Ghostface and Scream and all these movies. And how can we extend that? How can we play off of that? And it's like, they make creative choices because they've been, you know, dwelling in this world for a long time. Like us fans, it's like if we were to make a movie, like granted you have to be creative, but like if we were to make a Scream movie, it would be probably similar to these movies. It's like, okay, what if we have yep. Billy Loomis? He has a daughter. And like, oh, and it's like, it's just interesting stuff like that. Well, if like a new fresh writer were to come in, they wouldn't be making those choices.
2: Yeah. Well, and now it's interesting to see the way that it's almost like a parallel universe to the past. Like now that we know what they're kind of doing with this, just not just the requel, but now that we have the sequel to the requel and (laughs) we see all the ways that this movie was like scream too. It's like, it's like a linear, it's like, so hand in hand, I mean, up to and I think we should talk about the ending because it was it was interesting. Take I had, it away. Actually, I will say I there were some parts about it I was not obsessed with. I love that they kind of paid homage to Scream 2 with the ending, with it being the last killer's parent seeking revenge on the girl for killing their son, which is very Scream 2. And Debbie Salt. Or Mrs. Loomis was, like, one of my favorite killers of the whole franchise because she was so wacky and campy. And this one was interesting because I didn't feel, I don't know, there was something about it that just kind of didn't sit right with me, even though I really appreciated the the callback. I wonder what you both thought about it.
3: There was a lot of callbacks, and, like, I got whiplash on, like, the subversions happening because, like, before we even find the reveal that it's, like, the cop and like his kids it was like it was set up to be like oh kirby's actually insane she's not an fbi agent like she's actually behind all of this oh my god is kirby bad and like when she pops in all bloody and beat up it's like i know who the killer is it's like she's actually bad or is she not bad and then it was just (laughs) like it was a clusterfuck and i absolutely loved it but like it was an interesting reveal of, like, who the killer was because it, like you said, Cameron, it was, like, that homage to the second film where it was the mother of Billy Loom is seeking revenge. And it's, like, so, if like, if we're going to make a new, essentially, trilogy or series of films, it makes sense to go that route. But, like, what I did not expect was, like, okay, the, the father's behind it all, the, the cop. His kids didn't actually die. And I was like, what the fuck? Because, like, like the cop's daughter died. In the, it was, like, the second act where, like, Ghostface is, like, killing people. And, like, she was, like, set up to be, like, quote, the slut character. Uh, the but pe- we
2: didn't see her die. That's true. Exactly. We didn't see her die. Yes. I was, we <laughs> heard it. <Yes>. We- <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, I was, I was, I did not expect that at all. Um, but I would like to hear your reservations after what Pete's Pete, Pete what did you think about that ending? Um, I saw it coming. You saw it coming? So,
1: yeah, like one one really bad thing about me is that whenever I watch one of these movies, it could be any horror movie or Who Done It or like whatever, I'm immediately like going through the list of characters, who makes the most sense, who's going to have this story with this. Within the first few moments, even knowing who the cop was, I was like, it's probably him. And I wanted to turn to you after the first few minutes and be like, Armand, it's him. And I was like, no, let's hold it in. Let's see what happens in this. And I'm like, fuck, it's
3: him. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought he wasn't a good actor. I'm going to be honest with you. Because, like, him Uh, being a grizzled cop, I was like, okay, this is believable. And then once it was revealed that he was the killer, his acting was so over the top. Mm-hmm. He was exactly. overacting. He was like, ha I'm going to kill you now, uh, Sam exactly. Carpenter. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> yes.
1: Um, but, yeah, there, I mean, there are little nuanced things that he did as a character throughout the first half of the movie where I'm just like, yeah, this is definitely him. Definitely him. Like what? We just got to watch it again. If we can watch it and, like, comment at the same time. I'll point them
3: out. We have to wait until it's streaming on Peacock.
1: All right. We'll do it on Twitch then. Okay. (laughs) Follow up on Twitch live.
3: Cameron, what were your reservations with the ending?
1: Well, like Pete, I guessed the cop pretty
2: early on and I actually also guessed the daughter, but I will say when she was killed, I did not think that it was her anymore. I thought she was dead. And I will say that I did not suspect Ethan because I was like, that's too easy. Because in Scream 2, Mickey was Randy's friend from film school. And I was like, well, Ethan is friend or roommates with Chad. So that's like a little too on the nose. So I don't think it's him. And then it was, um, I, like I said, I liked that it was Detective Bailey in the sense that it was like a throwback to the parents of the first murderer. Mm. But I agree with you about his acting. It was weird. And I think, I don't know if he was just like trying to be like a kooky killer and like, you know, the killers, <laughs> the killers are, they're a little, they're a little off their rocker. And Unhinged. every single one they turn, when that reveal happens, all of a sudden they're just straight up crazy. And I think that he really went for it and I'm just not sure it landed the way that it should have. But the one thing I will say that I really just straight up didn't like and I, you know, my criticism of this series or franchise is very minimal. But when he said like, oh, you thought my daughter was dead, but that's why I went in and I switched out her body with the other dead body. I was like, I'm used to suspending reality for these movies, (laughs) but that is so, in New York City... You expect me to believe that one cop went to a crime scene, was there alone long enough to bring in someone else's dead body, switch it out with his daughters and nobody. I was just like, that is like, even for me, who loves how off the rocker these explanations are, that was the one thing that I hated. I was like, I wish they would have just made him kill his own daughter as part of this. I would have respected him as a killer more than if he he faked the daughter's death.
3: That would have been, that would have been yeah, that cool. That would have been good. That would have been good.
2: Yeah. That's my one criticism that was overall. I mean, I, out I liked that there were three killers. It was almost overwhelming, like you said, Like especially because we have the fake-out with Kirby. Then it almost, for a second, just felt overwhelming because I was like, what is going on? But in the end, I just wish they would have left the girl dead and just made it the father and the son. But, there
3: was a know, lot choices. of there was a lot of cop-out moments because like that was a cop-out moment. Well, I mean, it was more of a subversion like, Oh, we thought she was dead, but she actually wasn't. Oh, big reveal. But like, there was a lot of moments within, within this movie where it's like, Oh, this character is going to die. But then they don't. (laughs) That happened with, with Mindy, Chad,
1: Chad. 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 So in Scream five, Chad legit gets stabbed in the femoral artery. He gets stabbed like five other times. And I'm like, okay, this guy is fucking going to die behind a shed in someone's, like, property. Like, he's dead. This dude, who's a great friend of the whole group, dead. Scream 5, dead. Nope, he survives. And then in this one, he legit gets double teamed by four right. killers. He gets DP'd. He, this, guy, this guy was stabbed. <laughs> this guy was, he was legit stabbed he did get DP'd. 16 times. <laughs> I can recount in my yep. head all the different like thim, 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 thim. he was stabbed eight times by each person that's about in the torso 14, oh, let's just say 14 his, to 16 his organs
3: days. got eviscerated
1: in, yeah this dude has been stabbed close to let's say 25 to 30 times in two movies and he's still alive
3: bro I mean he's <gasps> okay. been doing his sit-ups he's been doing crossfit you know his his muscles yeah. deflect the, the blades
1: and the whole time he's getting stabbed he's like bleeding out of his mouth and he's like <laughs> Run, run, guys! Just get out of here! And he's I like, know. he's like holding his own. I was like, holy and he's shit! Pummeled! Oh my gosh! Like, how do you survive that? He.
2: How much do you want to bet in the next movie he's going to have some kind of walking impediment like Dewey did? Because they made him the Dewey in this. Yes! Think about Scream Scream 2 when Dewey gets stabbed and Gale, who is his love interest and their love is blooming, is forced to watch it. Just like Tara had Uh to watch her new little love interest, Chad, get hacked. And then they even use the same line at the end. When he was okay, they said, Hey, we got one more in here. And that's literally what happened at the end yep. of Scream 2 when Dewey
3: came. I out. expected the Dewey music to start playing. It's like, Bom, boom, oh, boom, I know. boom, boom. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I it's Dewey.
1: Dewey they they, they, they didn't play he, the Dewey he's music. like a super nerdy guy. And Chad is like this, like, he's a Chad, you know, jock, hot type of dude. Totally like different end of the spectrum of Dewey. Dewey's like this, like, that's different. the fresh part. Yes, That's the yeah, fresh part. When it's just like, I don't know, like, uh, how do you survive? twenty five but isn't Chad
3: I now I could be wrong, but isn't Chad Is he gay? He's gay, right?
1: Oh no, man, Chad was trying to get with Tara, man.
3: Okay, is he bi?
1: My man was trying to do get Do you mean me. that
3: not Do you mean the actor? Not well, maybe it's the actor, but like is the character I thought he no. was either gay oh, or
2: no his sister's is that because, gay. Is that, because,
1: gay. Yes. is that because the first time that we see Chad in Scream Six, he's a shirtless cowboy dancing with his friend? <sighs> look, yeah.
2: they make these movies for gay men and you cannot convince <laughs> me otherwise because I literally grabbed my friend's arm and I was like, this is a gift. This is a gift
1: Cameron, for the like, gays. Cameron's like, did you see that?
2: Oh, I, oh, and we, he saw we both saw it. Yeah, well, and he, I will say, Mason Gooding is a very, he's very gay-friendly, yeah, he's Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son. and
1: okay. He, okay. yeah, he's got
2: the looks for and, sure. Yeah, and he uh, he's a very he's in a lot of gay positive media, and I think I, you know, maybe he's bi or something, but I don't know. I, and the character I don't think is gay though, just the girl, just his twin.
1: Okay, yeah, just yeah, o- only his twin I think is in the actual storyline. Yeah,
3: yeah. I was, I don't know. I I just thought I was like, well, I mean, they're all you can't really. Well, I don't know. Maybe you just can't specify with any he's of these Cuba new characters. Your
1: son.
2: It could be Mason Good. Yeah, it could be coded because remember on the last podcast I was talking about how I know Mickey from Scream Two is a gay coded character, and it was confirmed later by Kevin Williamson. But I always knew it could just be that. Like this, this franchise also has a lot of that where it's like you could interpret this to be kind of queer. Like it, it, it's not overtly macho. If that makes sense. Yeah. This cool. franchise is, is very camp
1: and
3: yes. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing vague. macho about the screen. Except Sam Carpenter's uh, boyfriend in New York. And I thought they were telegraphing. And I was like, he's probably going to be the killer. And they subverted oh. my expectations. Cause I was like, he's probably going to be the killer. Just like in the other screen movies they are kind of setting it up. They're trying to well, like, and they tell you, Thankfully Everyone he wasn't. To
1: be the same. I tell you, it's right. not gonna be the same as the last ones, and boom, yeah, the last ones he would have been a killer, but no. But he's just a good boyfriend.
2: That's also a callback to Scream 2, because in Scream 2, they make you think, oh, it's gonna be the boyfriend again. And then the boyfriend <laughs> is innocent in the in the sequel. Yeah. Just like poor yeah, Derek, yeah. but at least Danny lived because um, we also, my friend and I, were very,
1: very much into Danny and
2: slightly emo <laughs> energy. Like, I just really appreciate the casting in these movies. I have to say,
1: yes, definitely, the casting has been goaded for Scream One until now. It's been fantastic. Yeah,
3: God, it was. Yeah, I mean, he played a good. He didn't. He didn't do much, but like what he did do was definitely enough. He made his screen time counts. And I really liked him at I the think- end, Danny, where he came in with like ten cops. He's like, I brought help. Like, yes! oh, shit.
2: <laughs> I loved him. I, I got his purpose way more than I got the purpose of the therapist in this movie. I still am like this. The therapist character could have been completely cut and nothing would have been different. Like It was a I reason for Gore. The therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: To have a knife go through his face.
2: I mean, it was a great kill scene. through the fucking face. And- but I was just like that was kind of the weirdest part to me is like the therapist there was no point like I wish he added something more.
3: Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, because like yeah. it was it was there to remind new viewers what's happening. That's why I think it was yeah, because like it was, like, it was sure. just her explaining the events of the first film. Like, oh, you know, uh, you know, ever since I left California, and this happened. All these murders, and I'm the daughter of the the serial killer Billy Loomis. Ooh. And the oh, therapist is like, like, oh my he- god, what the fuck is happening? <laughs>
2: I feel like maybe his purpose was to try to trick people into thinking that Sam is the killer because that was her therapist and he, like, let her go as a client. But did anyone really think that Sam was going to be – actually, Armand, I'm curious because Pete and I guessed the cop. Who did you think the killer was? Like, what was your journey?
3: Honestly, because it was I, – I ate up the red herring like
1: – Don't say Kirby. Do no, not no, say no. Kirby. I
3: didn't think it was going to be Kirby. Um, okay. I th- I Danny. thought genuinely this is what I thought because like the movie is set <sighs> up where we have this, this guy that's not connected to anything. It was just like someone that idolizes Ghostface right in the beginning of the movie. So I thought it was like this group of guys that like worship serial killers. I thought it was just going to be like a rando guy. I was like this is where you take the direction of this franchise now because like you had like all these connected people to the Campbells or it's cotton weary or whatever his name was. It's like, okay, we're going to go away from all that clean slate. We're going to have a brand new person, someone that's not connected to the Carpenters, Billy Loomis and F Campbell, none of that. So I was you wrong. It was
2: just going to be a, a random. New... <sighs> yeah. You know what? I will say before I thought it was the cop. And even during, I did have another theory that I'm a little sad. Wasn't true. I, Because they even put a hint about this, and I'm sure one or both of you caught it. In the movie, when um, Mindy and Kirby are sitting on the stage talking about their favorite horror movies, and then Kirby points out the TV and was like, oh, that's what killed Stu Mocker. And then um, Mindy says, yeah, if you believe he's really dead, I thought the killer was going to be Stumacher. I thought Matthew Lillard was going to come back in a surprise at the end. Turns out Stu not really dead and he was going to be the killer, especially because the mask pattern was going backwards from – the latest right. toward the first movie and i was a little sad that it didn't happen
3: there was a lot of rumors before this movie came out that uh matthew lillard was going to come back stumacher was going to come back because like we had billy loomis come back we had skeet aldrich come back so it's like oh it makes sense for the second film to have uh uh stumacher come back but he didn't come back and i was no. i was like is this a I was I was waiting to see Shaggy, and uh, Shaggy never came. <laughs>
1: nope, that never came. That would have been a good twist. That
3: would have been awesome. But I think we as the audience would expect that. So it makes sense to yeah. subvert our expectations once again and not have him come back.
2: Well, and there would be no way that after one showing, that would not be all over the internet. Right. Yeah. Like that, that. that's the only, that's the biggest reason I feel like maybe they didn't do it is because there would be no way to keep that ending a secret <laughs> past the first day of the movie
3: coming out. Right.
1: I think it would have been really cool if they ended it on a cliffhanger where we don't know who the killer is. And it goes away from the whole like, Oh, I'm related to so-and-so that's why this is going on. I think that would have been cool to like put the whole franchise into this different direction <laughs> where we have this movie The next one after that, we don't know who the killer is. And you're just, like, on your toes, like, what is happening? And it's just, you know, it's a wild ride.
3: Right. I I agree. Yeah, I think that's where you take it next. Because, like, we've had um, in the fifth movie, it was a callback to the first movie with, with like, the duo. Um, And then with this one, it's a callback to the second movie with, like, the father of... The, f- the previous killer uh came after Sam and Tara. So, if we're going with that formula, if there is going to be a- another movie, is it going to be <laughs> the director of Stab come back again?
1: Well, or, or do we also include the Scream TV series universe into it? I as was well. personally
3: disappointed we didn't have the Scream <laughs> TV mask. That piece of shit mask, because they, they, they did not have the rights to the ghost face mask. They made yeah. a really shitty version of it. Uh, <laughs> they're just pretending that never happened. Like, nope, never happened. I,
2: I pretend it never <laughs> happened. I, I did not watch one episode of that.
1: <laughs> I'll be honest. I loved that series because it gave me that little bit of scream that I needed in my life. And I could wow. just binge through it, and like I was able to watch. There's what three seasons of it, I think. There so. was three
3: seasons, and they finally got the rights to the the actual yeah. mask for one last season.
1: Oh, so there was oh, four. Wow! Seasons. I, it's either
3: the third season they had the rights, or they had four seasons. I remember the final season. They're like, "All right, we have the rights. Let's do it properly." <laughs> they had the full Perfect. on face mask and outfits.
1: Yeah, I love that because it it kind of you know kept it in the same realm as scream as we know it in terms of like the movie saga but i I don't know i just i love scream for what it is that i loved that show just as much it'd be cool to like have those two intertwined somehow and i don't know i'm just spitballing over here Don't mind me.
2: I think that makes sense. And the other thing that I was going to say is if they're going to kind of follow this linear pattern of events and if they were going to pay homage to Scream 3, first of all, it could get a weird new level of meta because Scream 3 is where it became so meta that Sidney Prescott went to a Hollywood set replica of her bedroom where this stuff happened. And the other thing that's special about Scream 3 is They said this in the movie, too. It's the only time that there was one killer. And so maybe that would be the perfect time to start a mystery killer that we almost find out who it is and then we don't. That would be interesting because this would be kind of their shot of it being one person.
3: I'm going to theorize right now, given our day and age with streaming, instead of the director of the Stab movies, it's going to be the showrunner of the Stab Netflix original series or something similar. Gail to that. said
2: that. Gail said that. It's all about, you know, what did she say? Limited series. Yes.
3: True Crime limited oh, series.
2: Yeah. I could totally see that. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. And do, you know, the I think the latest news is that Screen Seven has been greenlit.
3: Oh my god. Wait, for real? It's happening. Yeah.
2: They greenlit it like 2 days ago and this weekend Scream 6 is headed for the biggest opening weekend of any Scream movie.
3: Holy shit. Oh yeah. God.
2: All that god. promo's really paid off. So I'm so interested. and they and I saw something about, you know, no, no cast has been confirmed yet, but they wanted to make it really clear that Nev Campbell, the door's is always open to her. She has to do what feels right for her. So that's kind of nice that it's possible. I'm glad they left the door open for Gale and for Kirby and for the core four. So Scream Seven possibilities are pretty endless.
3: I still think it's a cop out that they didn't kill Gale Weathers. Oh wait, there's a faint. Oh yeah, <gasps> Peter got, you him. got the cup. Peter has you a cup car, did
2: you get with cup? Ghostface
3: on it, both on the cup and the topper. When we went to the movie theaters, they gave out like, free swag. We got free posters. Well, Pete paid for this. Uh,
1: I paid $11 for a cup that I'll probably-
2: Wait a minute, you. wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to take a picture of this and send it to my friend. Because literally, when we went to the theater last night, she was like, are you guys selling the Scream cups? And they were like, no, we're not one of the theaters. Well, show me this. I need to take a picture.
3: And, you know, that's the benefits of living in Chicago.
2: Oh my god. We get the cool
3: oh, shit. What
1: oh, that little guy too? Oh very jealous.
3: So yeah, I mean they went hard with the marketing yep. of this film. And like we were surprised. We went to the movie theater. We have like like we were shocked because like we saw other films, Pete, and they didn't have a whole bunch of marketing like this. So they went hard as they, fuck they went, they went to market this movie.
1: Yeah, I think they're really trying to fully reboot this franchise. Um And one thing that popped into my head afterwards, after seeing, like, oh, wow, I have a poster of this. I have a cup.
3: They made like 10 different posters of this. The first marketing is going hard as fuck.
1: Yeah. The first thing that popped into my head was they're trying to crack into the top five in the horror genre because right now they're number six behind Saw. And if you're one of the like pinnacle horror franchise names, like Halloween. Texas Chainsaw, Scream, all of those movies, you don't want to be behind Saw in like the in like the sixth spot for top five. And Saw Ten comes out this October. So it's gonna be this really fun battle in my own imaginary <laughs> mind that Scream and Saw are gonna have going forward. So it's gonna be pretty cool to see what they do with this franchise, I feel like.
3: Well, I'm looking forward to it. Guys, are we ready to get off the fence? Because I got some questions, speaking of the future of this franchise. What questions you got? All right. Number one. Will Sam Carpenter... Okay, so the ending of this movie, you know, they kill the, the Ghostface killers. And, you know, we have that scene with the paramedics. Like, oh, there's still one more. It's not Dewey. Chad. Yeah, got has Of his name is
1: Chad. Why does his name have to be Chad? I know, Why right? can't it be like something cool?
3: <laughs> Chad. Tyler. So anyways... Uh, We have Sam Carpenter look at the original mask for Ghostface, her father's mask. And there's a beat where she's like, oh, do I give into this murderous uh, tendencies within my soul because it's in my genes? So let me ask you two, will Sam Carpenter give into her murderous nature in the next Scream movie? Because it kind of alluded to that. Pete, you go first. Oh, man.
1: Okay. So, seen as they want to keep, you know, all the different in the family tropes within this franchise, right. what if Sam decides to go after the families of the previous murderers?
3: She's like the Punisher, where she's like killing she's off. Like,
1: she's like a vengeful ghost face.
3: I don't think that's the right direction.
1: <laughs> it's not the right direction. Because I mean, you're completely... a wild card here.
3: That is, that's, that's, that's a wild card. I so don't, think, the take.
1: Um, I don't, I don't know, think they're going to go... I'm not sure how she'll give in. Um,
3: you think she will give in?
1: No, I think she was about to. And then her sister was like, what are you doing?
3: And then she and drops the like, mask. She's
1: like, I'm not like this. This is not my way. I'm making my own path. So then, I don't know. It's going to be surprising, I feel like, as they all are.
3: Cameron?
2: Okay, here's my prediction that I think would be cool if they could pull it off, but it would be very hard to pull off. And to understand this prediction, you have to understand that last night, and I don't know if you two have the same feeling, it was fascinating watching Tara get an enjoyment out of, I don't know, there was something about when she stuck the knife in Ethan's throat and twisted it that she liked it. And she was also very unafraid of too. Tara. Yeah, there was something that kind of seemed sparked in her. So, this is also along my whole thing about this being a linear tribute. So if the next one is about Scream 3 in any way, or a kid pays tribute, the whole thing about Scream 3 is the killer was Sydney's half-brother. So I think in scream, because, and also here's the thing to me, Sam is the Sydney, but unlike Sydney, Sydney's always running away from the ghost face, following her. And Sam is running away from the ghost face within her. Like she feels it in her body and she doesn't want to, I think it would be amazing and iconic. And if I were the writer, this is what I would do in the next movie to pay homage to scream three, to really make people think it's Sam. And at the end, it's Tara, the half sibling. That'd be wild.
3: That would be... I'm down for that. I like that. where going with that. I'm down like for that.
2: that. I'd love it. If the I'd writers are listening... it's is awesome.
3: <laughs> if the writers are listening, you can have this for free. <laughs>
2: Invite me to the writer's room. I will help you figure <laughs> it out. But I just think that would be homage. They could make... If they pull it off right, they could really get people to think it's Sam. And she's finally flipping. But she's still running away from it in her... And then it turns out it's her own flesh and blood, that, like in screen
3: three. That would <laughs> elevate the Scream franchise so much because like, then you have like, Oh, can you, can you kill your sister? You know, it's like, can you kill someone that you you're love?
1: Forced, but then you're forced to kill off Ortega and she's like, no girl right now. You're not forced to kill her off because
2: we, the rules are so different. Maybe she doesn't die. I don't know. I don't know. Do it's just, this? it's not necessary. Cause I think Jen Ortega is such a, asset to this franchise that yeah. I, I did think about that but it, not necessarily because who knows maybe 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 she just doesn't die hmm. I don't know there's so many possibilities it would they would have to figure out a lot of stuff but the concept of that I think could work
3: yeah I feel like someone in the core four has to has to be the killer. Has, to, has to be the killer at this point
2: I feel yeah. like it would be her
3: I mean, she's definitely set up, especially after the success of Wednesday. So she already has that dark persona, like in her repertoire. So like she could totally pull off like being a serial killer.
1: So mm-hmm. Sarah, wait, her, her name's Sarah, right? The older sister, T- uh, Sam, Tara, uh, Sam, 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 Sam. So Sam, she sees visions of her dad. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's going on. She sees Billy Loomis. She's also, I mean, you could also say she's like a little bit schizo, maybe. What if she develops this like dual personality, where at night she basically turns into her dad and starts going on like this like murder rampage? Wakes up in the morning has no idea. Kind of like um,
3: the movie Split. <laughs> it,
1: it James like split. McAvoy like, and Ani Taylor. No, what, what's that uh, that superhero show that came out on Disney Moon something? Oh, Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Like he has no idea what he does after he like wakes up. And like, oh, wow. he, like he's like a superhero by night, average man during the day. He's got no idea what's going on, split personality. That would be pretty wild. Like, whole I feel like was...
3: that's
2: what they alluded to in Scream 5. I feel like that's what they made us think was going to be happening.
3: Right. Because like she kept on seeing visions of her father. Yeah. Yeah. And we... That would be interesting. I would, I would still think that, that would elevate the series because then it would become a psychological thriller. Because it would go yeah. from slasher to psychological thriller. Because then I, I could see like there's these killings. Like, who's doing it? And then by the end of the film, it's like, oh my God, it was me.
1: It was me. But then also what you could do is you could play in like a whole Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker thing where she <laughs> sees see Billy. And he's like, we could be something insane, like incredible together as Ghostface. Blah blah blah. And she's like, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> you know who knows? Good.
3: I'm just. Spit. Or even like I mean, a Kylo Ren Ray, where it's like, join me. It's like, no. Exactly. No. Exactly.
2: In a way that would also pay homage to Scream Three, because the other thing that's unique about Scream Three is there's the whole sub storyline of Sydney seeing her mom's ghost. And that was like one of the main things when a lot of people are like, Oh my God, this thing in scream five is so weird. She's like seeing her dead dad. And I'm like, but do you remember in scream three when she had like that weird dream of her mom, like out the window, like it actually wasn't new. And so that would kind of pay homage to scream three in a way too.
3: Yeah. I mean, there's so many possibilities Mm -hmm. where they could go. I just, I have full trust in these writers that they're going to make the right decision because they've been hitting it out of the park so far. They made an awesome uh, reboots. They made an awesome sequel to the reboot. So it's like, it, it's a good trajectory <laughs> where they're going. So I, I hope they take any of these ideas and just runs with them. Agreed. So my yeah. my next question is, I think, I think I, I think I know it. Was this film scream six, a good film in the franchise?
1: For sure. Yes, for sure. This, I feel like this definitely, you know, brought Scream back. Like, yeah, I feel like Scream 4 was a solid reboot. Um, A lot of people, I I mean, yeah, you could say yes or no. It was definitely split down the middle on who liked it or not. But Scream 2022, I thought was fantastic. But I feel like this brought it back to life fully. It's fully revived.
3: Yeah, I agree. Definitely. This is like the first Scream where it's like, I want to watch this again. And not just because the projector was broken. Well,
2: yeah, I I do, I do think like last time when I saw Scream 5, I did not really have the feeling that I had to see it again. And this one, just for all the memorabilia in that little shrine, right. I need to go see it again.
1: Hit pause, scan every single frame. <laughs>
2: Yes, like uh, there was so much going on. It was overwhelming. I couldn't even take it all in and I want to see it again, which was smart on their part because I, I was going through Twitter and a lot of people said that.
1: Yeah, it was definitely good. It, it was, was awesome. It was a fresh breath in a new direction to scream, even right. though it's the same formula. I love
2: it. I think it kind of showed how, they're, how they really could keep this going because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I didn't even think about that. They don't only have to pay homage to the first one. They can literally just keep paying homage, and the weird thing is, you can also add in just enough freshness to keep it going for a really long time if you if you really rubber, want it to. Forever,
1: basically. Yeah,
3: yeah. I'm here for it. I'm down. I can't wait for the next one. It's probably going to happen next year, for all we know, because you, you could you could flip this very quickly.
2: Yeah. The thing I saw said they want to start filming Scream Seven later this year.
3: It's happening. It's coming out next year. I'm here for it. Holy shit! This is gonna be yearly tradition now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's that's kind of like what killed Saw for a lot of people. Like every single year, you had a new Saw movie, and it was just like. So I love Saw, Cameron. Like like, that's one thing about me. I love the franchise, Uh near and dear to myself. And if Scream decides to truly milk it, that would definitely kill it. I feel like. And what's cool about (laughs) Scream? Like, there's only a handful of them and it's just that 90s nostalgia for the first like three of them and it's just amazing it's just lightning in in a bottle every single time and then the new trilogy call it like the next gen of scream is just as good in its own right and i feel like it might diminish it if they come out every single year yeah i don't know maybe maybe supplement it with a tv show (laughs) It's gonna happen (laughs) He wants that TV bring show. Come it, on, MTV. Bring it back. MTV. Bored.
3: Here's the thing. Here, here's what I think is going to happen. Uh, we're probably going to get this next one. And if the writers are smart, they'll cap off this storyline with three films. So it's a trilogy of films. So we're going to see the end of Sam Carpenter, Tara Carpenter. And then if they do an eighth film, it's going to be a brand new cast.
1: Could be. Because
3: that's how you can keep it fresh. Okay. It's like okay, that storyline is done. Now we're gonna do something else. So it's like they like, uh, yeah, they uh, compartmentalize the story. It's like okay, now we're done. Now we're doing something else instead of like having this endless story of like, oh, Billy Loomis's granddaughter now. <laughs> True. I don't know about you guys, Skeet Ulrich, looked kind of old in this movie.
1: I mean, I thought so too. I was like, like oh. CGI you still do wonders.
2: Yeah, even in to comparison to the last one, though, like in the last one, I feel like they made him look young. And in this one, I'm like, did you guys forget to put the filter on? <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I mean, deep faking can, you know, progress so much. And it's like, oh, they forgot yeah, to I do did. it. Yeah. Because he's supposed to look like he did when he died. It's like his ghost yeah. is aging now. <laughs> he's a forest ghost. Forest ghost. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's just something. I feel like Scream can run on forever. It's one of those movies that is just a cornerstone to the horror genre that nothing else is like it. I actually feel like it could go on forever, and I hope that it does. Um, Just a huge fan of the storylines, huge fan of Ghostface in himself, you know? Yeah. So uh, hopefully it keeps running. Fingers
3: crossed. We'll see. We'll see.
1: I mean, if Transformers can keep coming
3: out. Jeez, yeah. (laughs) We saw a trailer for Transformers, and I'm like, please stop. Please stop. Everyone stop watching these movies. (laughs) God. Okay. Well, Americans don't watch those movies. You know that, right? Yeah, it's all Asia. It's 80% (laughs) overseas. Specifically Mm -hmm. China. They love the Transformers movies. But anyways, I take your rest. Final question. Would you recommend Scream 6? to a friend Cameron yeah. I'll start with you
2: I would I mean I would recommend the whole franchise to a friend you're not going to get everything <laughs> you can get out of it if you just watch Scream six but to yeah. anyone who loves the Scream movies I like I texted my sister this morning because she did not love scream five and I was like I truly believe that even if you didn't like scream five you will like scream six because in my opinion it's better it's bigger it's better, it, even without Nev Campbell, which blows my mind because my expectations are actually quite low.
1: So I would recommend it.
3: Would you recommend it, Peter?
1: You know what Cameron perfectly said. Um, I'm not sure if I can top what Cameron said, but yes, I would definitely recommend it as well as the whole franchise. Um, it's something that is so original, even though so much of it is recycled in other movies of its own kind. But yeah. Right. Um, I love it. I just, I can never get enough of it. And yeah, I would definitely recommend this to everyone who's down for a scary movie night. If you want to call it a scary movie, more just like a suspenseful susp- movie, whatever it is. Um, yeah, would totally recommend. Um, but one thing that I just thought about was how in Scream 5, I don't know if it was for you guys as well, but I feel like Ghostface was, he gave off this like, different vibe where he was like okay i'm definitely coming after you now and i don't have to like be like you know coy about it he's just like i'm coming after you bitch yeah. <laughs> and you know <laughs> that that bled into screen six mm-hmm. I, I i love this new you know ghost space that we have nowadays
3: right it's it's more it's like cameron said earlier it's it's in your face it's more forward it's more more mm-hmm. overt Because, like, I think back to the previous films and there was, like, this sense of, like, dread and creepiness where it's, like, you don't know where he's going to be. He's sneaking around. He can get you at any time. These films, it's like, he's coming after you. He's like the unstoppable force. So, you better hide because he's coming after you. So, yeah, it's definitely more more action-packed, I guess. But I would recommend this as well. I thought it was an awesome follow up to what we got last year and arguably it's almost the better film too i i really like this movie that was awesome that mm-hmm. was a great scream movie
1: i mean when does the sequel beat out the recoil come on
3: <laughs> that's true
1: scream too <laughs> if you ask me
3: oh guys guys this was fun yeah i mean are we ready to wrap this up ready we're ready all right Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on to the show and talking about Scream. Cameron, are you writing another book or something?
2: You know, I'm always working on something, Armand, but nothing solid right now. Just trying out everything.
3: Okay. Well, where can people find you, Cameron, on the social medias?
2: Uh, Well, I am at Cameron Writes. It's my author account on Instagram. And then my just normal account on Instagram is Cameron Tyler. Cameron with a K, of
3: course. Yes, just like Lucas with a K, your book. Yep. (laughs) Awesome. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming back, Cameron. And Peter, I know you're off the grid. But thank you so much for coming back. Basically
1: off the grid. If I'm posting anything online, it's just me being featured on your podcast. That's that's about it.
3: That's right. Well, thank you so much, Peter. I'm glad we had this opportunity to completely gush about uh, Scream, and I look forward to doing it next year when they come back.
2: Totally. I'm here for it. Can't wait.
3: All right, let's end this. All right, guys. See you next time.
0: That's it for this time on The Syndicate. We hope you enjoyed yourself. Keep the conversation going by adding us on Instagram and letterboxed at syndicate. Or join the Discord server, where you can catch Armand along other podcasters and listeners at syndicate.com slash discord. And until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Goodbye.